some terrible tweets today but i gotta give the gold medal for the worst fourth of july tweet to ben and jerry so the overpriced ice cream company tweeted the following this fourth of july it's high time we recognize that the u.s exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it learn more and take action now sketchy link below and then they have a picture that pretty much says the same thing because why not say twice and if you still don't get the point Signed in front of firework, this is stolen land. And yes, it did get brutally ratioed for this tweet. And one of my favorite responses was from Joseph Massey. First, you need to apologize to the millions of cows you milked without consent. By the way, if you're curious, Ed and Jerry's is located in Waterbury, Vermont, which used to be occupied by the Abenaki and Mohican tribes. So I assume Ben and Jerry's will be surrendering its land first. A moment ago, take a look at this. A federal judge says the Biden administration may have violated the First Amendment during the pandemic by censoring social media posts. Justice correspondent David Spun reports live from the D.C. newsroom. David, what can you tell us? Hi, Jillian. This is a temporary injunction, not a final ruling. However, this temporary injunction could have major implications on free speech. It came down today on a federal holiday from a federal judge in Louisiana. Judge Terry Dottie blocked officials and agencies in the Biden administration from communicating with social media companies, think Facebook, Google, Twitter, about the topic of protected speech. Judge Dottie is based on a prior lawsuit brought by Republican attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri. He ruled on that. Among other complaints, the attorneys general say the Biden administration overreached its authority during the height of the COVID pandemic when they tried to convince social media companies to address, in some case, take down posts on platforms that could contribute to vaccine hesitancy. 
Now, according to Judge Dotty, quote, the plaintiffs, meaning the attorneys general, have presented substantial evidence in support of their claims that they were the victims of a far-reaching and widespread censorship campaign. This court finds that they are likely to succeed on the merits of their First Amendment free speech claim against the defendants, the defendants being the Biden administration. Now the administration, as have administrations in recent years, Develop close relationships, Jillian, with social media companies. Sometimes those relationships are hot and cold, depending on the topic. But the administration, also the independent FBI and DOJ, are in frequent contact with these social media companies, especially covering the DOJ. I see it with fentanyl and other types uh, of trafficking. They reach out frequently to these social media companies. We'll have to see how that all plays into uh, the future now that this judge has ruled this injunction. Now, it reached out to DOJ a little while ago. I uh, got an email back, DOJ officially declining to comment. And again, this is not a final ruling, but it's clear the judge is leaning in a specific way. Jillian. And we're here for one simple reason. President Biden needs to consider using the 14th Amendment uh, if necessary. The entire GOP death ceiling negotiation is a sad charade. And that's exactly what's wrong about what's wrong in Washington. We're playing with the livelihoods of millions just so the GOP can just turn the screws against uh, hungry Americans. This is the whole reason why the 14th Amendment exists. We need to be prepared to be using it. Again, remember, say that again. We must be prepared to, in order to use it. Oh my God. Staples actually sells staples. That, that's my favorite. Uh, it's reality. That, that's why I like uh, TikTok so much. And like, I'm sorry. If you don't like TikTok, sign up today. Give up your information a little bit. That's fine. The Chinese, what are they going to do with it? But you get videos like like this. Oh, my God. Staples actually sells staples. You're not into the shorts at all? Oh, uh, I mean. And I don't mean her shorts. I mean. Uh, her shorts. I thought you were talking about her shorts. Yes, I'm definitely into her shorts. YouTube shorts. Uh, I mean, is it the same kind of thing? Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Oh my God, Staples actually sells Staples. I just, I could pause it all day long and play it all day long. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, so much to talk about today. Uh, there was cocaine found in the White House. Big shock there. I think, uh, was Hunter over? Did he like a, a sleepover at the, the White House? Fourth of July party. Yeah, it was a big fireworks display. Um, That's right. It was funny because I, I heard the story over the weekend and I tried to look it up uh, today. And uh, let's see. the No ABC story had it. No CBS news outlet had it. Fox News had it. Um, all yeah. the... All the fringe has it, newsy or whatever. Yeah, the the liberal media didn't have the story at that time oh. about. Now I heard it three days ago or two days ago or whatever right. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was even yesterday. I don't. It don't, doesn't matter. But I, I heard it long before, and I before I searched it, and I searched it, and I couldn't find it. Now everybody's got it all of a sudden. Sure. Well, 
Because they didn't because, do a good enough job of hiding it, so now it's out there. Because they're actually asking questions. The media was asking questions today at the uh, at the White House, That's right. and they refused to answer anything. Oh, it's in a high traffic area. Ask uh, somebody else about it. It's a Secret Service thing. Yeah. Okay. Why they hired that uh, black lesbian to get up there and talk? I have no idea. I mean, I'm only she's saying good. it that way because that's what they described her as, and that's why they hired her, because she's fantastic. But she doesn't say a damn thing. All she does is say, somebody else has that story. Somebody else will take care of that. If you have any questions, call somebody else. Well, was Raggedy Ann any better? No. We'll we'll circle back. Yeah. What, what's her she, name? Um, Saki? Jen Saki. Yeah, yeah, Jen Saki. I always called her Raggedy Ann because she looked like, with the red hair, she looked like Raggedy Ann. So... <laughs> but she yeah, she was terrible too. Uh, I don't know. And then this story came out today about the uh, the White House was obviously colluding with social media, shocker, to take down posts about the c word. I don't know what I'm allowed to say, and I I, I think I we can say COVID now. And and you know what? If we can't, fuck them. Take it take it off YouTube then. Literally, the story is out there that they colluded with. Social media, yeah, to take down posts about COVID, mask mm-hmm. efficiency, whatever you want to call it, and yeah, and the vaccines and all that kind of stuff. And they took down stuff, and it was against the First Amendment. Sure, dude. We had over uh, over on YouTube um, for Classic Metal Show. We had over twenty videos taken down when we talked about COVID. Twenty, two zero, twenty hours of of talk taken away i mean this show was flagged numerous times over sure. ideas or thoughts god mm-hmm. forbid you have a, you know, a thought of your own yeah um and so i'm hesitant to even bring it up now but i mean it is what it is there's this i played the story how do, and that's the problem that, that social media has is even when you present facts and say here's the actual story yeah Here's the facts of the story. They still take it down. Well, the problem is now, if they don't like the facts, they'll say, well, what's the source? And your source there was Fox News, so therefore it's bad. I guess, but it's everywhere. We just, I guess yeah. I should have picked a different source. You should have found Morning Joe's version of the story or something like that. Then you'd be okay. And the laptop, yeah. They also pushed the, uh, the laptop story. What laptop? I didn't know there was a laptop. Yeah, there is no laptop. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I watched the news. I never heard about a laptop. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, Seth. Chris, glad to be here today with you. Hope you had a great Fourth of July weekend. Well, it was How wonderful. was your weekend? Was it fun? Did you do anything great yesterday on the Fourth of July? No, worked. See, I didn't bother you. Yeah, no like, one did. The first it was time nice. ever, huh? It was nice. No See? one did. I for got the first time ever. I didn't call you. I didn't do. I sent you a text. Yeah, that was it. I... I didn't even get a text from my mom saying saying happy 4th of July or nothing. It was all quiet and I loved it. I <laughs> I literally worked all day and watched a season and a half of I'm I'm now I'm just stuck in the mob world. Yeah. There's a show on um Hulu for anybody that has Hulu. It's I think it's on like Epics or I think that has a new name too. Everybody is sold all of a sudden, so it's not like Epics anymore. I think it's MGM plus minus or something, <laughs> but whatever it is, the show is called Godfather of Harlem, which stars um, Vincent D'Onofrio and um, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, 
It is fantastic for people that like mob stuff. Oh my God. It's, it's about the five families. It's, it's sort of based in truth, but they admit that they made stuff up. It's about the five families and it's about Bumpy Johnson, who was kind of like the, the black leader of the gangland in Harlem at that time that worked with the mob. And it's about Malcolm X because he had a close relationship with Malcolm X. It is a fantastic, fantastic series for anybody that's looking for something cool to watch and likes the mafia stuff. And since I'm still having a little bit of um, Francis hangover, I'm still stuck in the mafia a little bit. And I, I did uh, yesterday. I must have watched 12 hours of that show yesterday. I got I to gotta get into something. I've been so busy for the past week. My wife had off for the past week. Right. Week and a half, actually. So we've been doing nothing but, like, door dashing and mm-hmm. going out and doing stuff. And, you know, it's been – I haven't been home at all. Right. Which I guess is kind of nice. Sure. Because, you know, I don't get out very much when I'm when she is working. I'm just kind of stuck here. Sure. Uh, so it was nice to get out of the house a little bit and – but it was really nice today to kind of wake up and go, yeah, I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> sit around and I'll get dressed when I feel like getting dressed. And just, yeah. yeah. I'm with you, dude. I, I would, I, I hope I would, I don't want to say I would never, but I hope to never have to go back to a job again. Cause I can't even imagine getting up at six o'clock in the morning, every stupid day, Putting on my stupid clothes to make to make me look right for whatever office I'm going to, so I could sit in a cubicle and answer phones or run people's lives or whatever it would be. No thanks. See, I, I wouldn't like... mind. Depends on what the job is, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I was never a cubicle guy. I had a cubicle at the radio station at one point. Yeah. And one of the bosses came in and said, do you really need a cubicle? I said, well, yeah, like I have pictures of my family up there and stuff. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't think you need one, though. I said, well, I was given one, so I'd like to keep one as pictures and stuff. And I go sit there at times to look at, you know, research stuff and everything else. Now I don't think you need one. Okay, well, thank you. And then he took it. <laughs> then they gave it to someone else. Yeah. Well. Yeah, no, I, I, I did the cubicle thing for a while and might have been the worst 10 years of my life. I hated sitting in a cubicle and having people walk behind you and just looking in to see what you're doing. It's like, you know what? Go away. Just go away. The job will get done if you leave me alone. I heard decided that they were going to get rid of the actual, thank you for dressing for the show. Huh. <laughs> me or you? Uh, both, I guess. Yeah. I've got my do milfs not drug shirt on, so... <laughs> <laughs> I got my Mickey shirt on. There you go. Uh, I heard decided they were going to do like this progressive thing, like where they got rid of like actual cubicles, cubicles like with the box shapes okay. and stuff, where people were like kind of, uh, like inside these little cubicles. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So they made these little pod kind of things, so everything was open. Right. So there were still cubicle spaces where each person has their own separate desk, but you could see everybody. As you walk around, they could see you sitting at the table and all that kind of stuff. They had the desk thing that you could stand up and do your work instead right. of sitting down. It was very progressive and, and, and fucking retarded, to be honest with you. It was stupid. Yeah, nobody got any work done, right? Nobody got any work done because they're all sitting there talking. And then they decided they're going to eliminate half the people anyways. So then all he had was these empty desks just sitting there. <laughs> just sure. Dumb. And it was uh, more work for people to create 
than it was for you know people to actually have fun doing. Right. Yeah, I dude, the cubicle thing is definitely outdated, but it's still I think you'd rather have a cubicle than a small like the half have you seen the half cubicle thing? Yeah. That I can't even imagine. I I would be constantly looking up to see if the other person is looking at me. You know, the, the person that you're sharing the half wall with or whatever. Yeah, but, I'm not a big cubicle guy. Yeah, dude, did you ever see the show? There was a show on Apple TV called Severance. No. It, it it's a weird thing, and I won't get into all of it, but they there was four of them in a room, and they sat at a crisscross like a four way cubicle. Yeah. But it didn't have any height at all. It was literally like the height of a coffee cup. Yeah. So the guys just ended up doing no work and spending all their time staring at each other. It was the dumbest shit ever. I was like, and this is what they're going to in real world. In the real world, that's crazy. Natalie was at her daughter Jeffers for a cookout. Went to okay. some Scots for fireworks. Had a great day. That's good. Cookout. So that was good. Good for her. Good. 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 For I uh. We didn't do anything like barbecue wise or you know family wise. Nothing like that. Me either. I mean, nothing. I didn't do anything firework wise. I mean, there's other than sitting on a patio and listening to the fireworks. Couldn't see him because it's all wooded back here, so he couldn't really. Dude, even that's more than I did. I am telling you, I went hermit style. I just disappeared for a day and got out of everybody's life. Because, as you're well aware, I'm not. I'm always on the phone. Always yeah. during the during the day. I probably log in an eight hour day. I probably log seven hours of phone calls. So I don't get a ton of work done. So to have a day where I could just close the door and turn the TV up real loud and not answer a phone all day long. Oh my God. That was, that was like the first time walking into a brothel. Oh. One thing I, yeah, nice. <laughs> the one thing I did realize is that you know, over the, the course of my time being outside, uh, with the public because the people don't do their fucking jobs anymore. They just don't. Nobody oh, no. does their jobs. Mm-mm. Like it was insane to sit there and, and go to like different stores. I went to an ice cream place the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Now it's a frozen yogurt place. Right. Because I wanted to eat low fat, no sugar, kind of whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's called ice cream at that point. Right. Um, but but you know, the kind where you walk in, I'll just say the name of the place. It was a sweet frog. You ever been okay. to one of those? I've never been to it. No. And so you go in, there's a wall of, you know, dispensary things. So you can pull down which flavor you want and put your okay. up, fill it up, and then put all your toppings on. And then you weigh it and uh, you pay whatever up to the cashier that's sitting there. Now, this broad that was sitting there, I'm not going to make fun of her for anything. But other than the fact that she doesn't know how to do a damn job. Mm-hmm. So we fill up her ice cream, whatever, and my wife wants this peanut butter sauce. So she's it's in a bottle. Right, and she's squeezing a bottle, and nothing's coming out of it. Nothing but like fart noises and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So I mean, there's obviously nothing left in the damn bottle of, of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And so my wife is desperately shaking this bottle, trying to get. Looks really bad, what I'm <laughs> doing, but she was desperately just trying to get the stuff out of there. Yeah. And yeah, and the girl looks at her and goes, "Yeah, I meant to fill that earlier." Now, the appropriate <laughs> response would be. Ma'am, hang on. I see that that's yeah. out of peanut butter. I'll happily go back to yeah. the back and get you another bottle. Or Let me take second, care of that for that. you. Right. Let me take care of that. Sure. No, it was, uh, you could give me the empty bottle. And it never <laughs> did anything. 
So yeah. my wife now has three little squirts of this stupid peanut butter sauce on her ice cream, <laughs> and then we pay for this. And then she has the nerve to ask for a tip. Tip. After the fact. Yeah, a tip. So wait a minute, you walk in and you make the Sunday. Yeah. They, and then they, then they want you to tip them. Yeah, they have like a one of no. those things where you put your card in, and then the card has a screen, and it says how much tip do you want to leave. For what? Well, that's what I was saying. Now, on top of that, she didn't do her job when it came down to. But even if she did do something, even if she did, what was a whole whole interaction with you? If she had done her job, would have been what to hand you a bowl or a cone or something? No, she didn't have to touch anything because we put it on the scale ourselves. So why would you have to tip her? I don't know for refilling the toppings. I guess Is get out of here. And literally, when there was no peanut butter, she had one job to do, and that's go back and get an extra bottle. Decided not to do that. Sure. So then well, later... Dude, huh? they're, they're all a mess. Go ahead, finish yours, because no, I, got, I, mean, I got one to match cause that happened tip, to me just the other day. Tipping is out of control, too. We'll get into that. But yeah. So then later that night, we decided, okay, we've been out all day. We've been working, and we're going to get some dinner and go home. Now, a lot of places were closed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the holidays. So we had one bar that was happening to be open. We, I even called earlier to see if they were open for dinner. It's close to the house. We can get some food and go home. Yeah. And so I ordered what I wanted, and I ordered a side of tater tots or some crap. Like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, we're out of those. So, okay, well, then I'll take this. I'm sorry, sir, we're out of that. Okay, well, what do you have for the side? All right, I'll take that. Then I said, my wife would like a salad. Oh, I'm sorry, so we're out of lettuce. I said, okay. Then she wants the buffalo chicken wrap. And she goes, well, that comes with lettuce, too, so we're out of that. Unbelievable. Well, okay, Heather, what do you want? She's like, just give me an order of wings. I just want to go home. I said, okay. So I ordered the wings. She goes, no, I'm sorry, we're out of those. We have boneless only. (laughs) I said to the lady, I said, you know what? What do you have on the menu? I called earlier to make sure that you had a kitchen that was open. Yeah. And now you have nothing that we want. Right. If there's nothing there to eat, then close the kitchen. <laughs> I said, you know what? We'll go somewhere else. And thank God there was a subway that was open down the street. Sure. Dude, look at look at Rick in the in the chat here. Look at this. Went to one of those pickup only pizza huts and they had a tip jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For what? Now, so so, dude, I had a on Monday after after the show and after the the uh, Chris Aiken presents after it, I had a late night delivery set up with Walmart because as as I've told many times, I do not go to stores, right? Like for any reason, I do not go to stores. So I get all my groceries and stuff sent to me. So my my son and I, we had really let everything run down to like, you know how. Remember when you were a bachelor and you would run everything down to where you'd have like one burrito in the freezer and, you know, a lot of, a lot of half drank bottles of water and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, we were down to it. So we ordered a a big load of of groceries, you know, from Walmart. It was like uh, $220, $230 or something. Pretty big, large order of groceries, right? Shit was supposed to come at like 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock rolls. Me and my son, we aren't paying any attention to the door. But you, I don't know if you've ever ordered fr- from the grocery store, like your groceries or whatever. Yeah. 
But if they just drop them off, they they shoot you a text or an email yeah. that just says, hey, your stuff's been delivered. And you know, because you do DoorDash, that's usually when everybody gets up and goes over and gets their stuff. Yes. Well, we were not we were not paying it. Usually we'll meet them at the door, especially with the groceries, because you want to make sure you get all your groceries. But um, on this one occasion, neither one of us was paying attention or whatever. So they they left them at the door. Or so we thought. <laughs> My son goes to the door. Two, could not have been two minutes after the text arrived. There's no groceries. Now, there's a lot of groceries. $220, $30 worth of groceries. Right. There's nothing there except a box of Pampers. Uh-huh. Which, obviously, oh, that is not needed here. No, you don't need that. You know, so... I, I, you know, you, you're not, if it was 10 bucks, I might just eat it. You know, I might just reorder it and not even go because it's that, you know, it's a hassle, but $230 I'm it's, it's a hassle I'm having. Yes. So I go through the hassle of it. Of course, there's no phone call to call and just say, Hey, call your driver. They brought the wrong order, which is obviously what happened. They just dropped off the wrong order. No, I can't do that. So I have to do it through an automated bot on the website which took 45 minutes to which they said well we're going to refund your money but it's going to be seven to ten days seven of course seven to ten days no and i'm like all right i'm thankful that i have more money that i can reorder my groceries but what what would they do for the person that literally lives paycheck to paycheck? Yeah. And can't eat now for a week. You know, if if you were down to your last 50 bucks or something and and they took 200 bucks and held it and you didn't get your groceries, you're screwed. You have yeah, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, and that could be really 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 screwing somebody. And I just was like, "Damn, thank God I'm not in that situation and i spent most of my life in that situation so you know most of my life them holding to them holding two hundred dollars they might as well have been holding ten zillion dollars because it was everything i had yeah i mean if that happened to us and numerous times in our lives that we absolutely would have been screwed i don't know what what we would have done dude i i can remember when i was much younger i can remember purposely writing bad checks but spacing them out so that i knew when i would get paid to cover the Right. And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm going to, and then I would go crazy instead of going to like giant Eagle or something. Yeah. I was like, if I'm going to get a $35 charge, well, I'm going to go to Sam's club and I'm going to buy $450 worth of groceries. I'm going to buy as much as I can so that I can, so that I can, you know, if I'm going to pay 35 extra, I'm going to get a lot for that 35 bucks. Yeah. We used to do that. <laughs> There were times definitely when I, uh, we were struggling and we would write a check and like because I knew that they would take a check and they didn't like check the mm-hmm. account before they just took sure. the check. And so on the day before payday, and there was nothing. I mean, we were like, yeah, we need food. We right. <laughs> we're going to write this check at this uh, little buy right store that we go to. And, sure. And know that they're not going to cash it or check it until tomorrow because right. tomorrow the money will be there. Right. But uh, try to get to right know now. <laughs> and try to get to know the clerk and say, hey, can you hold that one till tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, they I'm put laughing a new at... system in. Eventually, it was like they'd scan the check. And I was like, oh, please, God, don't scan it. 
We've got oh, yeah. scanner. I remember so that. Nothing there. And the check would run through the little scanner thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that it. was just to make sure that the account was good. Yeah. Necessarily see if the money was there. But yeah, there yeah. times in my life where that was, please, God, let us get food tonight. <laughs> please. I'm going to answer this. Natalie says, just go to the store, Christian. That's untrue. That's untrue. I won't have that kind of problem. But that's the first time I've had that kind of problem in probably six years of buying groceries. By contrast, I've been kicked out of three or four different Walmarts for fighting with people in the stores. I can't go to the stores. I can't deal with the stupidity of people in the stores. You know, and, and I mean, dude, you go to the stores. Everybody in there is a moron. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody in the store, they're going down the wrong way on the aisles or or they stand in front of something for far too long looking should, at the ingredients on a ragu bottle. Yeah, you should know what spaghetti sauce you're going yeah. for before you get to the store. Yeah, it's just All right. you should just be able to just run through it, be done, 20 minutes in and out of the grocery store. Someone living paycheck to paycheck probably shouldn't pay delivery fees for groceries. Maybe you're right, but it's probably true. Time, you don't see like what I see every single day when you when you DoorDash, you see some weird shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, you see people that have no money. Yeah. Because you look at the home that they live in, they don't have a nickel. Yet they're buying DoorDash and they're getting food that costs a lot of money. I mean, they're yeah. getting sandwiches and dinners from places. I got one delivery. It was to a it had to be a crack house. I mean. It, it, mm-hmm. The windows are busted out. There's bars on the doors. Sure. There's, but yet there's a Mercedes parked inside the, the driveway. Um, <laughs> right. Which is fantastic. But she ordered Arctic salmon and this and like, and like 10 different things. No tip. Yeah. Because she didn't have the money to tip. But you're ordering that kind of food and you live in the kind of squalor that you live in. It doesn't make any sense. But they do it all the time. Yeah. I will say to who, whoever, who's put that up there about living paycheck. There it is. To Mark, um, I'll, I'll only say with Walmart, it's cheap. You can pay $10 a month and, and get as many deliveries as you want for, for that 10 bucks. If you pay them up front $10 a month, you can get as many, as many deliveries as you want. And that's all the fees you pay is just that $10. It's, it's yeah, not, I, that's not nothing. And my wife and I did the curbside pickup from Walmart the other day. Cause yeah. We had a bunch of stuff we had to get done during the day. Didn't have time to go walk around the store and get everything mm-hmm. that, you know, we needed. And so she just ordered stuff online. And if you spend like 50 bucks, which these days with the inflation, all that kind of stuff, 50 bucks gets you like you know, a steak and <laughs> yeah, exactly. a can of pop. Right. And so, I mean, if you spend 50 bucks, it's free, no service fees for you know the curbside pickup. You just pull out in one of their spots, you call the number, and then they walk it out to you. Yeah. You don't even have to walk around the store. You just get it for, for nothing. Yeah, that's pretty solid there, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is convenient. And, and like I said, even the delivery, like, because I used to do the delivery, and, I, and we would always tip real high. We still do. You know, I mean, we still, we still will tip. Like, I'll tell you, on that one, that the 200 and whatever one, the tip we gave was seventeen fifty. Huh. So we, we gave a nice tip. And don't think for a second I didn't turn it into a zero when my shit didn't get here and all I got was the Pampers. Yeah. I, I went right on and turned that into a zero. I was like, no, you didn't deliver me nothing. You know? 
Look, there are certain jobs. I talking about tipping. There are certain jobs. We had ten years coming up at some point today, right? I don't know. Uh, four forty-five. Yeah. All right. And so ten years, the band is going to be joining us at four forty-five. Tony Masashi a little bit later. Uh, tipping is out of control. Everybody expects a damn tip. Now, look, with what we do as our little side hustle to deliver food and crap to people, whatever it is. Sometimes it is groceries. Um, there are more times than not anymore where people just don't leave even a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like, again, if you have money to be dashing food to your home, especially some of these big mansions that we go to, and you don't tip a dollar, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. No, like, there is. But there are certain jobs that deserve a tip. There are certain jobs that don't deserve a tip. A girl that works at an ice cream store where you make your own ice cream doesn't deserve a tip for doing literally nothing. Yeah, well, and, and not only that. You got to earn the tip. It's not a it's not a gratuity. It is a tip. It is a extra bit of money for doing something. You know, it's got you got to earn it. Like like I I'm a notorious crazy tipper when I'm at the bar. Cuz A I get drunk and B I don't care. So, you know, so if I'm at the bar and I and all I and I, and I, all my friends know this about me. If my drink stays full, the girl's going to walk out with probably like a 30 to 40% tip. I mean, I'm a big tipper at the bar, but they got to keep me, keep me well alcoholed. You know, that's what they have to do. And if they do that, I will tip like crazy. But if they don't, I'm not opposed to leaving a dollar on a $300 bill if they don't do the job, because that's the job. Keep my, keep my drink full. You know, that's the whole job. I saw somebody on Facebook the other day that said that, 20% 20% is not the normal now for tipping. But if you're going to tip at a restaurant, it should be at least 30%. Yeah, bullshit. Now, for what? You got to actually earn the tip. I mean, that's the point of the tip. Look, I'm not a cheap tipper either. I always leave what I think is appropriate, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, dude, I'm with you. It, it's, it's, it's gotten crazy there <laughs> that, it's, that it is that much. Here, did you see this guy that uh, cussed out the lady for only giving him a $5 tip? No. Let me put this up. You'll laugh at this. Share screen. It's DoorDash, too. Maybe it was you. Might have been. <laughs> Check this out. You'll see him. Here he comes. this thank you um i just want to say it's a nice house for a five dollar (laughs) tip you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) what the hell you know i what go ahead go ahead go ahead because i do this like every single day of my life Mm -hmm. look some of these houses are i mean we go to some houses like in richfield and stuff like that uh-huh. That are mansions. I mean, we sure. went to a neighborhood the other day where Shaq used to live when he played for the Cavs. Okay. And we literally got, I don't even know if we got a tip for the delivery. Because it was obviously a kid of yeah. some rich family that ordered the food and you know, didn't tip anything. Right. One house, a guy said, did my daughter tip? I said, I don't think so, no. And he went back inside and got money. Right. Because, you know, but 
look, we're providing the service. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money for gas. And what people don't understand is DoorDash doesn't give you a whole lot of extra money like on the side. I mean, it's a couple of dollars. Depending on what time of day it is, you may get $2.25. For your, but your five bucks food. is five bucks is a good tip on a pizza, right? I mean, five she, bucks he, is a good tip on a pizza. They got he got a pizza dip. and that, that looked like a pizza and breadsticks. Yeah, now I saw another video the other day of a girl that was walking up with a, a an order to the house and yeah, and she goes rings the ring doorbell or whatever it is yeah, and she's on camera and she goes yeah, you're supposed to uh, pay me, and she goes I did over the app. She says no, no, there was no tip, and she goes yeah, no, I. I just paid over the app. And so the girl takes the food and flings it across the yard. <laughs> and just walks away. And then you hear the girl yell, Mom, the girl <laughs> flung my food across the, the yard. And she's like, why? Because I didn't tip. <laughs> and then the video yeah. ends. Well, you got it. I, I mean, and, and I, again, I'm pro tip guy. I am definitely pro tip guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my daughter does DoorDash as her main job. So, I and before that she did pizza and everything else and I did pizza back in the day. You know, I used to deliver for uh Domino's and Solon. So I, I've done that that job to respect the job. This guy like this guy that we just showed here with the oh yeah. pretty big house for a five dollar tip. Well you still only delivered a five a twenty dollar pizza. Right. No, no, I don't no. care if I live in a in a ten billion dollar house. It's not my job to make you wealthy. Doing the same job that you would be happy for a $5 tip on in another neighborhood. I don't know if you EBT DoorDash. I don't they know. do. They do absolutely they? do take EBT. Oh, do they? I did not know that. <laughs> yes, they do take well, EBT. That's answer to a lot of questions. <laughs> that, yeah, that's probably, how they're get, that's probably how they can afford to get the stuff. Write down addresses, then refuse the, for the order. You don't see those addresses before you take yeah. the order. You're just you're taking an order kind of blind. You yeah. just kind of see where it's going, like what neighborhood it's going to. Yeah. Um, and then and guy- if if you don't take orders, like if you deny orders, there are plenty of orders that we get. We're looking at, man, that's a really really bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And but if you don't take the orders, then you have a percentage rating that goes down every time that you decline something. Yeah. And so you know you want to call and say, all right, I don't want to decline this stuff, but you're sending me to a war zone. There's a good possibility I'm not making it out of there. Dude, you got to just kind of let that go, though. That's a that's a little trick DoorDash has to convince you to keep taking those shitty orders. Because I know my daughter tells me all the time her rating's like 20% or something. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> but she just knows. Anywhere that she's... She she has a certain mileage versus price. And if, she, if, if she's not making this much money for this many miles, she's not taking it. No matter where it is. And, and she's at a 20%, and she bought a house. Yeah, I talked to a guy the other day. Actually, my wife did. She was yeah. at, we were at Bob Evans picking up a, an order, and there was a bunch of, you don't know how many delivery people are out there like this, man. And it's all shapes and sizes and ages mm-hmm. and everything else. But this guy was sitting next to her waiting for an order, too. He had to right. be in his 60s. Sure. And they got into a conversation about waiting for the food and stuff. He's like, yeah, but you know what? He's like, I do this five days a week. I do it from 8 a.m. to like 4 or 5 o'clock at night. And he showed her his earnings from last year on his phone. Right. Now, he did, he did I think, Uber. It's not DoorDash, but he did Uber Eats. Uber Eats, yeah. And his earnings for last year, for just delivering food like we're doing, mm-hmm. was $80,000 for the year. Yeah. 
I mean, dude, if you, if you hustle and you know how to work the system, you can, like I said, my daughter bought a house and a car and makes her car payments and her house payments and everything from DoorDash. That's all she does. DoorDash. She doesn't work 12 hours a day. She my, goes out around three o'clock in the afternoon. My daughter was in, or still in uh, South Carolina. They took some Ubers when they got stuck on planes and stuff all over. Sure. And the Uber driver that they had said that just doing Uber driving, Mm-hmm. He made 115000 or something like that sure. last year. What's and the equivalent of a limo driver now? That's insane. Now, I don't want... Look, I don't want my wife doing Uber driving people actually no. in her car, nor do I want to do it now with one leg. Uh, it, you know, it's a slightly terrifying scenario when you get somebody in the back that is going to be a bad mm-hmm. uh, you know, Customer, yeah, let, but, unless you can buy the glass and put it in between, then you don't want to do it. <laughs> right. Or you better be packing. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we should be packing sometimes, to be honest with you. I can't believe you don't. I mean, going to some of these neighborhoods, man, it's a, it's it's rough. There are some neighborhoods where you, you we're just driving down the street and you're getting looks like, what the hell are you doing here? Dude, I carry everywhere now. Everywhere. And I don't go very many put, but when I did, like today, I went out to the bank today, I definitely was carrying. And I live in Twinsburg. There's nothing going on in Twinsburg. There's been, I think there's been two shootings in 20 years. You know, but still, I just don't trust anybody. I, I, watched, I watched too much TikTok to see what's going on out there <laughs> yeah. to let that happen to me. I just am not. If somebody tries to get into my car, they're going to catch lead. You know, that's just the way it goes. Some restaurants are imposing surcharges. Yeah, that is true. Like, I went to a restaurant the other night for uh, on my birthday on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really nice restaurant. Great place. Food sure. was fantastic. And the owner was a dick, so I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but he was a, he was just an ass. Okay. And, you know, it made you never want to go back. It was really, really good food. Wow. Okay. But the owner was just an ass. Okay. And so I, I will never go back there again. But the waitress was stellar. And so we left a really good tip for her to the sure. point where she came back and said, hey, do you need change for that? And I said, no. Right. And she was shocked that we didn't need change. And it's like, well, no, you were really good. Yeah. Like you were friendly. You came over. You talked to us. You asked us how things were going. You were always there for, you know, refill the drink or whatever. Yeah. You, it was a really good way. If you do your job... Then you get tipped appropriately. Of course. And the restaurant shouldn't have to add surcharges or anything yeah. else to it. Mm-hmm. Dude, back in the day before there was DoorDash, when it was just ordering pizza, when when basically the only things you ordered was pizza and Chinese food, anything that we ordered would be here in 20 minutes. Because they had it, they had us marked in their systems as good tippers. So they would they would definitely hustle our pizza out and put everything else to the back. Because they knew that they'd come here and get like a seven, eight dollar tip on a twenty dollar pizza. Yeah, and 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 that's one thousand percent why I did it. it. Wasn't because I was generous. Not generous. I just wanted my food like immediately. And if that meant I had to pay a couple bucks more, and that made the drivers like me, cool. Bring it. I'm game. Dumb question. When did uh, Seth start driving? I'm um, still kind of not driving. <laughs> I, mean, I have a car that has the equipment to drive. Um, so my wife does all this DoorDash driving, and I just go along to navigate and right. make sure there's something bad happens. I'm there. Shay, for, I'm gonna do and, and what are you going to do? do? <laughs> what are you going to do without a gun? 
I'm gonna throw a prosthetic leg at somebody. <laughs> but I do you my car. Shake your finger. Hey, hey, hey. stop. <laughs> Put that gun down. Quit robbing my wife now. Knock um, it off, pal. <laughs> I will toss his leg at you, and it is very heavy. That's right. It'll it'll leave a mark. <laughs> uh, but I do have a car that has the equipment thanks to Charlie's auto repair in Lakewood. Uh, well, that's it cool. It's a stick that I can you know, accelerate and then stop with. Right. With my hand. Right. I... I are you getting better at using it, or have you not really driven much? I'm, I, I'm decent with using. I'm going to put that comment up in a second, Dick. I um, see it, <laughs> but I'm getting better at using it, no doubt. Yeah, uh, that's not the issue. Now the issue is. So the other day, I was supposed to have an hour long uh, meeting with my hospital to go right. over everything. Sure. And the girl called off sick. It just so happens that she called off freaking sick on a Friday before a long holiday weekend. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm sure she was really ill. And now it's called to schedule another appointment with me. So I keep having to wait month after month for this stupid crap. Right. Why is Billy Morris so damn good looking? I don't think he is, is he? You don't think? I don't think he is. Do His you? wife is. His wife is extremely good looking. <laughs> but Billy, no. Billy, not so much. <laughs> Billy thanks to the Lucky Stars that he knows how to play a freaking guitar every day of his life. Yeah. Billy... Yeah, there's people that that um, marry up, yeah. and then there's Billy that took a rocket to marry as far as far <laughs> up as he did. <laughs> Not only that, I mean, she's like a successful businesswoman and everything else. Yeah. Plus, she does all his yard. I saw pictures of over the weekend of or over the holiday. She's out there digging up and building planters and stuff around the house, and Billy's sitting in a chair sleep. <laughs> and he's got the life. Yeah, he has got the life. <laughs> He doesn't have to take our calls because he doesn't like doing that. So, you know, <laughs> he's literally got nothing to do. We probably ought to just call Leah. Yeah. <laughs> we can have her on the show. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, there's... All right. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get to our, uh, our guest. How All right. That? Sounds great. Quick break. Ten years. Joining Come... us in just a few. Hang on. Coming up in a few. Hey, it's Seth. And I appreciate you watching today. And you can make a difference. For just $4.99 a month, you can help save someone's life today. It really does count. Every dollar matters. And you can change someone's life. Not these ridiculous dogs. Those are actor dogs. I'm talking about myself and Chris Aiken. I can barely afford a shave and a haircut or sleeves on a shirt sometimes. We could use your assistance today. Just go to the Odyssey app. Go to the Odyssey website. O-D-Y-S-E-E. -E. Just $4.99 a month can change the world for someone today. Myself and Chris Aiken. We'll give you extra content. We'll give you bonus footage. We'll give you new episodes. Subscribe to the Odyssey channel today. Thank you. Everybody, it's Don Dockin. When I'm feeling nostalgic, I always go to Pinball PA. You gotta go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Stop what you're doing and start making memories at Pinball PA, located at 2284 Broadhead Road, 
Private Suite 10B in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. We have over 420 video games and pinball machines to play and all games are set to free play, so no quarters or tokens are needed. Pinball PA is open 6 days a week, and is the best and most affordable entertainment spot in all of Western Pennsylvania. Check out our website at www.pinballpa.com for more details. Come visit Pinball PA today. Initials up. Guarantees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. up right there man band 10 years jesse joins Hello. us how are you my friend how's it going can you hear me yes, yes sir can. okay welcome great. to the show should i have my phone turned the other way you can does it is it better that way yeah it'll be my, all my, it'll get rid of the black bars <laughs> yeah my computer is being a turd so i had to fight it so and my all my nice stuff you know just typical <laughs> typical for whenever you're trying to hold on here we go there it is yeah, let me get me set up here. There Sorry he is. About the, 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 the tardiness. Nah, it's all good, man. All good, man. Yeah. There we are. Cool. All right. What's up, well, guys? Well, dude, you're obviously busy, man. Getting ready yeah. to get ready to go out and hammer the um the festival run, huh? Yeah, I, always. Summertime's a good time to get in front of a bunch of people. So we, we love festival season. Very cool. Are, are you are you a fan of festivals? I know some bands, some bands love the festivals because you reach you know thirty thousand people at a hit. Other bands hate it because you don't reach your core fans as much as you know a bunch of people kind of wandering around and they might hear a song and and check you out, sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of think that we we really try to embrace the opportunity to get in front of people that might not know us that well or have never heard us. So. It's, it's a great platform to try to grab new fans or even catch up with old ones that we haven't heard from in a while. And, um, you know, the hardcore fans, are their complaint is always the, the set list is not long enough or, right. you know, it's 
it's too hot and it's hard to get a beer and a place to take a piss. But like, it, we we just embrace it, man, because like, the the festival is just there's such there's such a camaraderie with all the other bands and everything, and it's just a great platform to get in front of a sea of people. Now, see, I was a rock DJ for twelve years, and you guys came around actually. Uh, I did it from '98 till you know 2003 or something like that. So you guys were around for you know, pretty much my run of doing that stuff, actually longer than that. And I love your music, love it, absolutely big fan. Uh, but I, as far as festivals go, would rather see you guys come to an, a venue where I can sit down and watch the bands that I love and not sit through 20 other bands to see. You guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, 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 that's me. <laughs> I, I want to see the bands that I've been playing for. A decade or more and i want to see you guys yeah that i mean that's the that's the give and take especially when it's a festival where there's these multiple days and they've got multiple stages and they're like yeah you get 45 minutes at 4 30 and we're like <laughs> yeah. okay well the, what we try to we we play a different show too so in that situation we know what it is everybody's hot they're, they've seen it might be day two or three into the festival so we try to give them a different show that's where i'll I'll come out in a crazy outfit or bring a raft and like crowd raft across the people. And it's just like, it's more gas pedal to the floor, just wide open adrenaline and energy for 45 minutes more than, than like you're talking about in a, a more uh, intimate setting where we get to play a full set. There's a lot more peaks and valleys. And we, as a band, we play a lot of heavy stuff. We play a lot of light stuff. We're all over the place. We don't have just, like ACDC or Motorhead, it's not just one sound. So it's like you get more of that experience as as more of a a fan at our 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 shows. So hopefully we can to be continue that with the people we get interested in us at, at the festivals. Like okay, now come check us out in our long format. Right on, man. Well, dude, let's let's talk about the last few years because like every other band on the planet, you guys got derailed just like everybody else. Everybody yeah. got to sit home. Um, yeah awful time for some and then i've talked to other bands that have said that it was a good time because it gave you time a to recharge the batteries after going hard for so many years but it also gave you a little bit of extended time to kind of write and maybe hone your craft a little bit so where did the pandemic play out for you and how do you how do you look at it now looking back looking back i mean with everyone i think that i to to be on the planet during a, a worldwide pandemic is we'll be able to tell our grandkids, you know, like, cause sure. as, as it was all unfolding, no one knew the severity of it. Like we, we finished recording our um, album in February of 2020 and then okay. March was the shutdown. So right. I remember being in the, the studio with uh, the producer and, and Brian, our other guitar player and, our other guy had already gone home. He's like, hey, my buddy lives in uh, China and says there's a big problem happening. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, oh, maybe it'll like, hopefully we don't cancel the tour because we had a tour ready for it in March. And right. man, you just, you, you, it's, there was no way to know what was coming. So at first we were so excited to be finished with this album and get it out and do what we normally do. So we were really bummed and, and heartbroken and hoping to God that this album didn't just fall off into no man's land. And, um, that's the, we were scared of it at first. And then you start to embrace, well, here this is, and we're all just kind of adapting in the moment. And it did allow us to stay home 
decompress, um, touch back. We're all family guys. We all got little ones. So we were able to do that. But, um, what really we, we tapped into that we'd never had done before was a lot of the, the the virtual stuff. Like we did two different virtual concerts and it was awkward. The first one was like, we tried to do a full, like heavy, full plugged in live show. And I, I kept like trying to get, I needed that crowd. Like there's a moment sure. where I, like you, you see my reflex, like put that, put my hand out to a crowd that's not there. I'm like, <laughs> man, this is, this is so weird. But the platform of being able to reach so many people through the internet was, I mean, it, it, we had at least that, at least we had that blessing through the pandemic because both of those virtual concerts really helped us sustain. And it also helped us hone in something we'd never done before. The second virtual concert we did, we rehearsed that I would say for three months because okay. it was it was an acoustic acoustic but we rewrote all of our songs so for a lot of our really hardcore fans it was a great experience to give them where in a normal environment we would never have that much downtime to take our back catalog and completely rewrite it and change it and it was it's called deconstructed and you can actually stream that on all the the streaming platforms right now um Spotify and Apple Music and all that but um Something like that would have never happened if it weren't for the pandemic. So it allowed us to kind of slow down and reflect and approach it in a different way. So it, it was a love and a hate all at the same time. So what do you what do you think about the streaming aspect of things? I know you guys, you know, 2000s rock was some of my favorite you know, rock music, but the streaming, I think, has changed a lot of everything. And yeah, how more difficult is it to get your, make money doing music now when it comes to streaming as opposed to people uh, buying CDs and... Yeah, you yeah. get over a million plays on Spotify, but is that you know, do you guys have a deal with Spotify? How do you make money doing that? Uh, they give us twelve bucks and a ham sandwich. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I mean, luckily we we came along before the internet was really a crazy big thing. So, our our we can't thank our loyal fan base enough for still coming out to live shows and buying physical merchandise, whether it's clothing or or skateboards or, or actual physical music the streaming is great again it's almost like festivals you can reach a large platform and hopefully you can hook a few that'll be really hardcore into you and actually come to your concerts but i can't stress enough as a kind of a working musician that going out and seeing the bands you love live that's what feeds us that's what supports us that's what keeps us moving we we again we embrace streaming like we embrace the pandemic where it was like you adapt and you figure it mm-hmm. out but and streaming's it's got its reach you know you're it has a lot of positives but it does not pay anything like the old days so you, sure. you, you have to adapt to that and and we're blessed to still be touring and, and having a fan base like that and just kind of again adjusting and adapting and it's the attention span that's the hardest part i think we're used to long format like whole albums and it's hard. You almost you, you can't put all of your content out at once because people will binge it and throw it away. You almost have to right. trickle it out. You got to dangle the carrot, you know. So, Je- Jesse, I, I've asked a bunch of different musicians this, and nobody's had an answer yet. And I'm <laughs> going to guess you won't either, but maybe you do. If you guys write, let's say, twelve songs, why wouldn't you just put four of them out there and then like thirty second samples for the other eight? And make the phys- even if the physical product was say five bucks, five bucks for the whole thing. But here's four to give you a good idea of what we're doing. Why yeah. why not go that route versus 
here you go, it's done. Pfft. Spaghetti well, on the wall thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's that's actually a great idea. And, but to, the, to give you the straightforward, like, uh, brutal reality is we, um, everyone's in it to make money. We're in it to make money for survival. So we sure. can keep doing it to, to, you know, if we, we can't feed our, pay our bills and feed our kids, then it, we have to get a day job, which takes away from being able to do this. But also most bands are on some form of record label and a lot of record labels are adapting just like we are in real time where they still hope that the sales will be this way and it'll be that way. And, and it's, it's adjusting to how, how to, how to make people buy stuff because when you can pay for a 15 to $20 subscription to everything, how do you get people to buy physical stuff? And, and that's a great idea is to not give it all to them. Right. And I think I think what we're seeing now that is actually happening, the more like pop world did it first. But if someone puts out an album, I mean, nothing more is a great example. We're, we're friends with that band and they, they did a sure. great job of like put a song out and not for for months, like a, a few months before you put another one out and you trickle it out online and you just wait and get people and you just kind of slow feed them. And but then at the end of the day. You still have to physically have it all online. I think that's has a lot to do with sure. you know that the the record labels they're going to make you put it all online. I don't know right. if you could hold hold it precious to just physical. I just it seems like a good idea. I just don't know how to actually work out the logistics sure. of that. Well, and to to your point about what Nothing More is doing as well, you're one song that doesn't connect away from being done as a band. Because you know, you know as well as I do. Put out a put out a stinker now, and that's it. The the fans mm-hmm. are gone because they don't have the, they don't have the, I don't know. We were raised to have passion in music, even in the, you know, for bands that came up when you guys did in the late nineties, two thousands. People were yep. still buying merchandise. People were still. I can remember friend after friend after friend that had like fifteen corn t shirts and, you yeah. know, the the special corn Adidas shoes and so you know like we were all so into the bands and I don't think that's there now. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's not the connection to any physical product as much as it used to be. And you know, it, it's, it's gotta be scary for you guys that have had success, but never were, I don't know, Lincoln park, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, Lincoln park could get away with a bad single or a bad album. You guys got to produce every time. Yeah, yeah, and well, I mean, that's where you it it's a, it does put a lot of pressure on us, but it also to really try to dig in and not just kind of run through the motion this many years. I mean, we we the band formed in high school, so we're ten years is twenty years into creating music. Right. So um, it's it's almost like really digging deep and figuring out how to excite yourself still and create stuff that you still feel proud of, and if we can manage to find that or hang on to that then there's a such an honesty that hopefully comes through in the music that people can can grab onto versus like okay we had a single that did this so we're going to make every song sound like that single to try to just catch the gimmick and I, i think when you're riding on a gimmick it's a flash in the pan you see bands like cotton fire come and go and it's a tough one in that world so thankfully we've been able to weather that storm of like the, the one hit wonder curse and like really challenge ourselves to, um, 
keep creating and making stuff that we believe in that hopefully translate to our fans. But I think the biggest difference between the past and now, if I could say anything, is, is patience. The patience is how does anyone have patience? I mean, scroll, scroll, just the doom scrolling of like, yeah. if the world is on all the time, 24 seven at a click of a button, how does your brain even process where to begin to even look? So we can slow it down to back to live concerts or going out to a movie versus sitting on your couch. You know, good and well, if you're sitting down to watch a movie on your couch, your phone's still around you. You go, well, how old's that actor? Let me, and you just get (laughs) sidetracked. But if you're in a theater, like ready to see Avatar with the glasses on, you're going to pause and watch it. Same as a real live concert. I think that catching that attention is very important because you make people stop their fast paced lives, pay attention. Hopefully you connect there. They pick up merchandise there and the rest of the time on social media, you got to be able to, to just kind of hang the carrot and keep them interested and throw the commercials out that make you, that show that you're still out there. You know, do you think it has a lot to do with also the, the demise of regular radio where, you know, there used to be a jock there playing, yeah, yeah. CDs and records and used to play you know, the music all the time and now it's like computerized and then it goes back to the streaming stuff. Radio and rock radio especially doesn't seem to be what it used to be. No, again I think it comes back to people if you think back in the day you had television and you had radio and that, that those were your two formats. That was it. Yeah. So and then, and then magazines. So you could create mystique and mystery. You could Tool could be Tool. You know like a band mm-hmm. like Tool now I don't think could have the same impact. And I think they're phenomenal, but not that super mysterious. Who are these guys? Who is Maynard? You know, like the mystique and mystery that was created back then was because there were three avenues. You had print, you had audio and you had visual and that was it. And the internet just exploded all of that. So yeah, it's, it's real tricky to figure out how to do it. And, and also not for us being like the, like kind of pre-internet it's really hard for us to do all the the influencer social media stuff and sure. not feel corny not trying to feel like we're just selling our stuff up check this out we got this we got the and like right. cramming it down the throats because i mean you know how it is if there's there could be a, a cure for cancer out there and you won't find it because everyone's going to say they got their version of it and flood your brain with it <laughs> right so it's like i don't know you just kind of Try to find what you honestly feel like works for you and represents you in, in a truthful way versus like really, unless you're just a great actor or, you know, in, in that sense, a lot of it, it is entertainment yeah. at the end of the day and entertainers, you know, I, I, yeah. who I am on stage and who I am off stage are quite a bit different, but there's still an honesty to, to, I think to, to rock music, not, not saying there isn't other formats, but, Rock music has a lot of diehard fans because you're talking about touchier subjects. Pop sure. music make, makes people want to feel good. Country either makes one of people feel good and dance or, or drink their sorrows away. But like, I think that rock kind of touches on an edgier emotion than, than the other platforms. And there's also something to rock about musicianship, actually being able to go out there and play instruments and not yeah, be yeah. auto-tuned <laughs> and all the crap that they have. I mean, it is an honest form of music, whereas I think a lot of the other stuff isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, you're competing on a – the more commercial the platform gets, the more things are going to sound like commercials. 
<laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, well, Jesse, let's let's talk about the the not only the single that you have now. I remember. We'll get to that one in just a second. But let's go back one. Let's go back to the Optimist, which I think is maybe the best song that you oh, guys thanks. have put out in ten years. I love that. It's got that just that upbeat burr right in your face sound. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that song, man. Well, man, that's thank you, by the way, because the, the twist on the, the, the irony in the song, or it's like Fix Me, where people hear a song like Fix Me, and they're like, oh, this song's about someone trying to fix themselves, and it's, it's the opposite of that. Right. I don't need you to fix me. So the optimist is the same thing, where like you think it's going to be an uplifting thing, and it's like, can I do I still have an optimist left in me. So the song originally, in its first demo version, had way more of an alt rock like California alt rock vibe to it. That was it still had the same. The drum beat was the same. It had the same kind of uh, BPMs or movement or tempo, but it wasn't as heavy. And it sat in demo world and with us for a while. And we we're like, it's cool, but it's it's just not there. And for me, it was kind of disappointing because there I have endless songs where I've put my heart and soul into the lyrics and then it just didn't translate in its its final version to where it ended up just being thrown back into the bag. So we started working on other songs and this and that. And um, I came back to, to Brian. I was like, man, I really think that the lyrics and melodies, because the lyrics and the melody were all the same. We didn't change that at all. But I came back, it's like, it just doesn't have enough edge. It doesn't have enough balls. It doesn't have it in your face. But I... It, there's a message there that I think people can relate to. Brian's like, okay, let's scrap the music and keep the vocals. Okay. And he goes off by himself. And I said, well, what, keep the rhythm, keep the energy, keep the tempo. And he comes back and he has that na 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 I'm like, okay, I'm following you here. Where are you going with this? And then it, it spawned from that. So we, he's one of those, Brian, I, I give him such credit to be able to take the vocals by themselves and do that. Cause I, I don't hear it. He can do that. So it was a song that was a different song that had a lot of potential. And then as musicians, you get stuck, put it away for a while. That's also the pandemic kind of allowed us to, to do that a little bit we, and, and learn to be patient with things instead of finish it and put it in the bag. Like if it's not finished, put it away, come back to it. So where it is now, I'm glad you really like it because man, it, it's a lot of, it, it's one of those that plays really well live too. The energy cool. is, that's one of our new favorite ones to play live recently. Very good, man. Go ahead, Seth. No, no, I was just going to ask, you guys are playing Incarceration at the uh, Ohio State Reformatory. Have you yep. ever been a part of that festival? I mean, it's a hell of a festival. It's that old prison here in Ohio. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish that's... you guys were coming to like Cleveland. See, this is what I mean about the festivals. I love the damn festivals. <laughs> They're great. But I, again, look at me. I, I'm not going to sit there for three days. I'm going <laughs> to die out there. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot I to take I want to see you guys in. come to Cleveland and play some of the little joints that used to be around here and play. You know, yeah. Or the, you know, the but you, you guys can't house. do that, right? Uh, am I is right it, on saying there, that, Jesse? Is there, legal, is there a legal obligation? Is that why you can't do it? Yeah. So there is a, a radius clause. And a radius clause gives a, a time frame and mileage. So if we agree to do these large festivals, a lot all the bands on those festivals cannot play within a certain time frame and a certain mileage till that festival's over. And I understand it because if we're playing right down the street or 
or less than an hour away and some fans are like you and like, well, I don't want to go deal with three days of two or three stages just to see them for 30 or 45 minutes. I'm going to go to the other one. And I understand why the festivals do that because they're trying to keep all those fans precious to where it's, you're going to that. And yeah. Right. And to, uh, I get that. And I, and I, I, I've been to many festivals over my life. Believe me, I've been to a ton of them. Um, but I'm just saying that these people that control yeah. what you guys are doing control it a little bit less. So that way, maybe, <laughs> well, maybe it's not a year we have to wait. We, maybe, you know, yeah. we get a little bit easier access to these bands. Yeah, that's the hope is that we, we do, we're just doing a handful of festivals when we do them and hopefully we plant the seeds play a couple, a few new songs and go, Hey, we got new stuff coming out and we're going to be touring in a more long format tour in clubs and, and longer uh, set times, hour and a half, two hours, stuff like that. So people, again, it's like the commercial to the movie. I feel like that the festival's a great platform, reach a lot of people quickly say, Hey, hopefully we'll be back soon because once you're done with that festival, you can, you can talk to promoters and stuff and, and work out coming back soon. So and, and this, I think this is our third time. I want to say third time doing this. And it's always been a lot of fun, but they keep getting bigger and bigger, days sure. longer, more bands, more stages. So to, to answer you there too, I think that lots of times with the festivals, it's definitely the energy of a young man's game. You know what I'm talking about. You're, <laughs> you're like, I just want cheaper beer, shorter bathroom lines in a place right. where I don't have to be in a mosh pit for nine hours. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me ask you this about those, Jesse, then we'll move off of this, but is it, and I don't want you to tell me numbers or anything, but is it financially worth it to give up three to six months worth of playing? Like here in Ohio, you basically can't play Cincinnati or Cleveland in yeah. that window. Is it worth it? financially for you guys to do that one festival gig versus having the ability to hit all three places. Yeah. Well, again, in, um, to, you know, to kind of give a little credit to these, these festivals and these promoters, they pay us more for that. Reason. Okay. So okay. they, you get the festivals on average pay almost not almost all musicians more than a typical, just club day for that reason to hold you precious, to, to kind of buy your time and buy your, loyalty to hang out and, and because they know they know they're they're kind of not screwing you but they're holding you captive till the thing's over in that sure. that radius for that time frame so yeah they 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 compensate in a way that kind of it levels out and and okay. the hope the hope again is to with the festival you leave such a ripple effect that when you come back through in the clubs you got a, you got a nice attendance at those things cool I was checking out 10yearsmusic.com. That's your, uh, the, the, the website. Yeah. 10yearsmusic.com. And it says that you guys do a virtual meet and greet. Do you guys still do that stuff? Yeah. I mean, we used to do it, of course, all through the pandemic and right. stuff. We, we, we did that um, a ton, which was another learning curve. And it was interesting because we had to, to organize those things where – we have kids. I have my kids like you can't come in the studio or in, the, in this room. And wife's got to leave me alone. And we're all in our. We all live. The band pretty much lives still in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, but it it can turn into a whole day of these things because you try to piggyback on back to back. <laughs> right. And we're we are not the type of band to just say thanks, see ya. So we'll get into the the virtual meet and greets. Make it where you can do a little more long format 
Q&A with your fans, sure. which we actually like. It's just being able to reel it in in a time frame where it's like, so we had to get, we did have to put a cap on the limit of the time because we'll talk right up to the end, but just to give them what they're paying for, you know, and uh, we still do them just a little more few and far between than, than when the pandemic was really going on. I think that's a great idea. The other thing I liked about the website is you can actually buy shirts that fit yeah. a guy like me. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it's not our, just um, extra small and, you know, for the you know, skinny little rock kick <laughs> or, you know, for the, yeah. yeah, I could buy a shirt and it actually fits me. So that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, one of our guitar players uh, owns a, a screen printing business and does a lot of other bands too. So he's pretty savvy on on the shirts that fit right. You pay for the quality, and and you get you get all sizes. You know, like not just stick to one little, I guess, trendy thing going on with a, a new style or something. So yeah, we try to make decent quality because we want people to get it again. I try right. to tell bands all the time, like. Look, there are fat fans out there. There are guys out there that are fat and they want to wear a damn shirt. It's not just the little guys out there that can rock a, a 10-year shirt. It's fat people, too. So I appreciate hey, Baggy, that. Baggy's coming back. It's weird. It's We're see? back full. It's I see it coming back like the 90s. I'm already seeing it because I've been skateboarding for 30 years, and I've watched kids go through the skinny jeans and the, the super, like, warp Tour emo i mean we lived through all that and then now it's circling back around and it's i'm seeing i'm like whoa okay you guys are looking almost like me as a teenager right now so i watch i bet i guarantee you that the whole style and trend is it's baggy again sure are you surprised that modern rock the kind of music that you guys make and that you know there's a hundred other bands that did it as well that have had success you guys are all still pretty much out there. Not a lot of the ones that had success disappeared, unlike the 80s where all of the bands disappeared for a while and then came back. Seems like modern rock kind of, unlike any other generation, has kind of stayed the test of time for 25, 30 years now. Why do you think that is? Man, I, you know, I don't... I guess with the whole, like, 80s, it was... Who was I was talking to our sound guy, tour manager one time, and he he was older than me and he's he loves the eighties and I'm a nineties sure. kid. I grew up grunge and, and new metal and and all the nineties okay. stuff. And so to me I was like, Well the eighties just can come off kind of corny or campier and he's like, No, the eighties was a party and the nineties was a hangover and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so I, I think maybe with the eighties, sometimes if it's a party nonstop, you kinda have to that's not how human beings you, you gotta you can't party every night. Sure. And then a lot of the stuff created in the 90s, I mean, you listen to anything that Chris Cornell makes. It's oh, yeah. timeless. It's absolutely timeless. And I mean, there's to be part of a, a wave of music and f creative freedom like that happened through the 90s and the t early 2000s is it, it makes it, I think it's more reminiscent of like the 60s into the 70s with like Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and the Doors where sometimes society and the culture has to be ready for that. And I don't think that the nineties would have been the nineties without the eighties. And sure. But I also think that a nonstop party kind of gets tiring, you know, like, and with a lot of the stuff written in the, the nineties to now, it's a little more heartfelt. It's a little more personal, a little more one-on-one. -on -one. You can just, you're not, you're not listening to it to go to a, a big party. You're listening to it almost as therapy. Let's talk about the uh, new single. I remember. It's fantastic. I mean, so. oh, thanks. 
How'd that come about? Um, it was, it's funny because we'll, we'll be throwing ideas back and forth and come most of the time the melodies come first, well, the music and then the melodies, and I'll just have a bunch of random poems and stuff. And then Brian had come up with just working lyrics and it, he had, and I remember in the, the, the words weren't even close to the same, but I, I liked the, the phrase I remember and kind of it's sparked an idea to write into this whole idea of what it feels like to um, hold on to inspiration, try to hold on to what inspires you. Because as you get older, it's much trickier. It's much more difficult to be inspired the way you are as a teenager or a young adult, because life, let's be honest, life can humble you and, and sweep you on your ass quite a few times. So that I remember is like the very first line of that song is, I remember when all I had was inspiration. Like as a kid, when you're a new musician, you want to take, the world is your oyster, you want to take it on. And then 20 years later, it's like, do I still feel that passion that I, that I used to? And if I don't, how can I find it? How can I remember it? How can I get back there? Right on, man. Well, I tell you what, man, I figured the best way to wrap this interview up is to play a piece of I Remember so people can hear it. Of course, they can go out to YouTube. Once they're done, once we're done, they can go to YouTube and they can hear the whole thing. Um, and uh, real quick, where should we tell people to go if they want to find tour dates, buy merch and all that good stuff? Uh, just 10 yearsmusiccom pretty much has everything. We also have 10 Years Music uh instagram all the social media stuff sorry i've got my dog in the background going crazy <laughs> i have a hound dog that likes to he's trying to tell us where to go too yeah. <laughs> just 10 years music any platform <laughs> very cool thanks well, man well all right man well jesse uh good luck at uh, festivals good luck at um incarceration and uh you know stay safe out there brother thank you so much for for having us back man all right, come bro. to cleveland i want to see you all right definitely definitely thanks brother Thank you. Are you looking for a way to support The Seth Williams Show? Get your Seth Williams Show merchandise today. From coffee mugs to clothing and everything in between, our high-quality merch is the perfect way for you to not only support the show, but show everyone what is the greatest show going today. Just go to shop.thesethwilliamshow.com now, shop around, and buy some great merchandise from The Seth Williams Show. Shop today. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's, 
where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216 216- 470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Are you looking for a way to support the Seth Williams Show? Get your Seth Williams Show merchandise today. From coffee mugs to clothing and everything in between, our high-quality merch is the perfect way for you to not only support the show, but show everyone what is the greatest show going today. Just go to shop.thesethwilliamshow.com now, shop around, and buy some great merchandise from The Seth Williams Show. Shop today. I liked it so much, I wanted to play it again. Wow, you must really like it. I, I can't I wait to see you wearing that fishing hat. I, I Well, I got to order one. <laughs> but I can't order one until people start buying some of the stuff. So that's, that's right, go get it. There's kind of like a... Uh, <laughs> yin to the yang there? Yeah, a little yin and yang. You, know, you got to buy it. <laughs> Then I can afford to buy something for myself. There you go. Perfect. Well, how was that with 10, 10 years? That was great, right? I loved it. I love that guy. I love that band. I love that song. The new song, I think it's just as good as like their, their first hit. Yeah. 20 years later, they sound pretty much the same. <laughs> Not as good. I wanted to say that. I didn't want to be a dick, though. Like, I wanted to say, man, you know, that the newest single sounds like their first breakthrough single. Sure. Wasteland. Well, uh, dude, you know what's weird is, remember last week, you were busting my balls for not knowing their music. Yeah. So I spent the last couple of days really listening to pretty much every album that they've done. Yeah. <clears throat> I knew probably 15 songs. I know. I just thought they were all Chevelle. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's songs that they have that you realize, I heard that song numerous times on the radio. Yeah. And I knew I knew a bunch. I knew at, le- at least 10, 10 songs that I had actually heard. And Wasteland was not one of them, believe it or not. But, really? The biggest yeah. hit. But yeah, yeah. they were, uh, I, I'm a big fan. I was really, you know. 
I don't get starstruck about stuff, but I, I like <laughs> talking to bands and people that I, I look up to musically and stuff that I respect and like. Their sure. Music. I mean, their music, for me, anyways, they're one of those bands that kind of like, if you really listen to the lyrics and stuff. Sure. It's It's got that 2000s rock feel mm-hmm. for me. And that, sure. Know, the music that kind of was emotional to me when you actually read and sure. follow the lyrics to it. It's not just some, you know, Oh, yeah. I have a couple of publicists, two or three, that work some really big bands. Yeah. And this was one of them, which is, and I'll tell, I'll I'll pull the curtain back. There's a reason that sometimes we interview bands that you've never, never heard of. And that's because I keep them happy. And then when they got a big band like 10 years, it's as simple as, hey, can we do that? Sure. You know. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. I appreciate him coming on. I hope he wasn't pissed that I was kind of. I wasn't trying to you know bag on the the festival thing. It's just nah. You know, for a guy like me, dude, you know, dude, he get like overweight. I'm gonna die out there. He seemed to get it. He seemed like he look. If if we were talking to him at the bar instead of in public, I think he'd be the first one to say, "Yeah, I don't go to fucking festivals ever." You know, <laughs> I mean, they played a show like the day before, like in Wisconsin or something. Like yeah, that. So, like you know, they're not even going to be there for the entire festival. They fly mm-hmm. in for their Sunday gig, and, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you go to these things, man, sometimes you're just, some of these festivals, dude, I, even back in the day when I worked at MMS, dude, doing the Oz Fest and those kind mm-hmm. of things, you just get tired. It's a long yeah. day. It's hot, mm-hmm. and they always do these festivals in the summer, obviously. Of course. Um, so it's 8 billion degrees outside, and you're just trying to make it through to the band that you really want to see. Yeah. Dude, I, I've gone to Rock on the Range several times, and and most of them I had press press passes for, and quite honestly, I stayed in the press in the press tent most of the time because at least it was air conditioned in there. You know, I I I missed all the bands. I'd see like the two or three that I really came to see, and then I'd spend the whole rest of the time in the press kit. I, I went to an Oz press fest. tent. We're gonna get to Tony Massage here in a second, but okay. I went to an Oz fest. I can't remember what year it was, but it was at the Akron Rubber Bowl. Okay. Now, if you know the rubber bowl, there is zero shade for you to go. Uh, yeah, none. To sit in. And then some of the slabs you're sitting are just hot concrete. Mm-hmm. So it was a nightmare being out there. I'm watching some band called Snot. I love Snot. A great band. Fine. Yeah. But I don't I didn't go to the festival to see Snot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to the festival to see the bigger bands. And, you you know, went to see Pantera, Corn, or Disturbed, or, or one of them. You no, know, one of those guys. And, I'm sitting here watching snot. I'm melting to the pavement. <laughs> I'm walking on the ground out by one of the other tents. My shoes were literally sticking to the ground. It was so hot. Oh, yeah. And so finally, dude, I just I said, I got to get out of here. Dude, <laughs> the, wor- the worst one, I'll tell this quick, and then we'll get to Tony. I went to the OzFest um, one of the year. I went every year that they had it here. But the, the one year, one of my favorite, favorite bands of all time is the band Devil Driver. And that's, it features the guy that was the singer of Coal Chamber. Yeah. But he went off and formed a much, much heavier band. So the only real band the only real band I wanted to see that day, the only two, was I think it was Pantera and Devil Driver. Only two bands I wanted to see. Pantera was on right before Black Sabbath. Of course. Devil Driver opened at 10.30. Oh, God. So I went out to, the, to see Devil Driver. I get there at 10 o'clock. I'm out there. There's like 50 people only to see them. Pouring rain and lightning storm. <laughs> so I stood outside because it was at the back. 
it wasn't in the pavilion. It was at the backstage where they cleared out the parking lot, yeah. stood in the rain for them, then spent the rest of the day baking in wet clothes, waiting to get to Pantera. <laughs> it sucked. Devil Driver is harder, heavier than Coal Chamber? How does that Oh, happen? Devil Driver is damn near a death metal band. All right, I got to check them out. They're All right, let's go to, speaking of death metal, let's go to uh, Tony Masaccio. All right. <laughs> Tony, Guys, how are you, my friend? Great. Do you see what's on that glass? I am here live at BJ's on Harvard Avenue in Orange. They have oh, 219 wow. locations across the country and growing. So I love the name of restaurants. Seth, you worked at Hooters. Yes. It wasn't uh, because they were owls as you well know. So AJ's was actually, it started off as AJ's. When they had a trademark, AJ's restaurant was already taken. So they got the next initial, there were two brothers. So they went to BJ. I just want to know, did they do it for the initials or do they like BJ's? Well, there who you doesn't? Go. Well, <laughs> judging by your camera work, I think that you like me, because all we see is your mouth again. So you see my mouth again. You see my whole thing. Tip, you got to show up. my whole. There can you, you show my there whole face? There, there, there you we are. go. All right, guys. Again, I am here well, live at BJ's. We see your mouth, and you're talking about BJ's. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was doing it on purpose. <laughs> That's a good one, Seth. I love that. So anyways, there's 219 stores across the country and growing. They started in California. They have a huge presence in Chicago. They have four locations here, North Olmstead, Mentor, Orange, and they also have one in Fairlawn. They started as a small little restaurant, and it became a brewery, which now they have, I'm going to have Aliyah actually show the wall, they have over 52 beers on the wall. Wow. Which most of them are theirs. Um, oh. And they do a different beer every month. So they actually have a different brew that they open up. I tap a keg once a month, you know, just like all the other breweries that are across the country here. So they specialize in beer, which is neat. But you got to come here for the ribeye steak, which is to die for. Parmesan yeah, cheese yeah. on the mashed potatoes. With asparagus. Mm. Seth, have you ever had asparagus? I got to ask when, when there's a vegetable in front of me. Have what you ever had asparagus? asparagus? Yeah, what is that? It Ugh. is. Uh, he doesn't. Isn't this funny, Chris? <laughs> How could so you not have had asparagus? <laughs> wow. So, Seth, you know what? I'm going to take you to get have asparagus because when you eat asparagus, your pee smells funny. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I'm the bonus of asparagus is that my pee smells funny. Asparagus, <laughs> but, it's, but actually, it's very good for you. It, it's actually, and it tastes it is, good too, with a little bit of butter on it. Good. It's fantastic. Yes. Just like broccoli, broccoli is wonderful. To, yeah, you said it, Chris. With a little butter on it, it's one of those great vegetables. Absolutely. And again, you know what? All the green vegetables, even you know broccoli, broccoli, um, anything green, which I know you don't eat, Seth. You got to eat green. It'll help you live longer. They also have a gluten-free brownie here, which is absolutely delicious. And they're also known for their pizzas. That's so, a brownie? This is a brownie. Oh, my God. With a scoop of ice cream. Is this cool? Holy smokes. Yeah, it's really cool. So, 
you know, again, I didn't know that I was going to come here. I was actually going to go to Cooper's Hawk, which we were already there about a, couple, a month ago. And I stopped in here. Lou, who's the manager, took care of me. He said, you know what, Tony? Just order whatever you want. Um, give us a nice plug, which is what we do. So right. if you love beer, you got to check this place out, though. They have some of the coolest taps. And what's cool about it is if you want a little taste, all you have to come in and ask for a taste of one of their particular beers, and you can uh, enjoy a nice draft. Nice. So, what, what's the days and hours at that place, Tony? Actually, they're open seven days a week. Okay. They're open for lunch. They're also open for dinner. They have a great patio outside. Unfortunately, it's 190 degrees out. So nobody's eating out in a patio anywhere, which is unfortunate. And, you know, summer, and I always talk about patios, which we, you know, have such a short life in Cleveland, Ohio, because February comes so soon. And it's unfortunate that, you know, now you're walking into air conditioning to eat. And unfortunately, guys, it's very slow here tonight, obviously because of this temperature, which is tough. So, you know, we got to patronize these local restaurants and, of course, even this one because it employs a lot of people, this entire area, which is Pinecrest. And I am going to concentrate on this area for the next three or four months because it's really a cool area right off of Harvard Avenue. We're gonna, we've already done pinstripes. We're going to go to Firebird. Um, we're going to go to Palms. So, again... Uh, you got to check out all these restaurants. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, you guys don't understand, though. I do eat green. I, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. What do you eat green? Green, green ice cream? Green M&M? <laughs> green Skittles? You know. That's yeah, fantastic. Those are green. If green uh, is healthy, I'm good to go. <laughs> you are good to go. Oh, that's too funny, son. Seth, you do have to change your diet. Not that a steak is going to make it, but you do have to eat a little bit more vegetables, some more fruit. You know, I'm going to have to go to a market. Maybe I'll do Miles Market one evening on a Wednesday. And go. my friend Joe Digatano runs it. And we'll go through all the fruits and vegetables that you never heard of. What's a market? And it's my. <laughs> That's a good one. It's Miles Market located in Solon. That is funny because you don't know what that is either. Right, Seth, right. what did you eat when you were growing up? Did you eat like. Was it like the TV dinners that your mom, your mom put in the oven and that pudding that t- that was able to like stick to walls and the chicken that you didn't even know what to describe what it was? Uh, Ronald, McDonald, Ronald McDonald was my stepdad. He was your stepdad. <laughs> That's too funny. You know, I got to tell you, talking about Hooters, though, when I mentioned it at the beginning of the hour, they had the best wings. Those wings yeah. were oh, huge. Oh, they were great. Yeah. They were like dinosaur wings, like crocodile wings they were breaded it was a great place that you were you know it's so funny that when you were there i worked at multi-flow starting at multi-flow years ago we probably crossed paths and we never even knew each other yeah isn't that funny because that was my territory and Uh that's chris i don't know if you remember that or not but that's when the flats do you do there were a hundred thousand people that walked through those streets on a friday and saturday evening and the demise of that was there was no security there were more people in that area than there was a Browns game. Sure. And that was and that was the unfortunate part of why it died. Because then the you know, people started getting in I actually owned a limousine business at that time. We made a ton of money dropping people off. We were like the first Ubers at thirty dollars an hour. Think nice. of that. It got out of yeah, control. Yeah, it was really cool. It got, it got out of control. It, it, it did get out of control. So 
Hey, so this lady meets this gentleman and they have four children. He unfortunately dies, meets another guy. She has three more children. He unfortunately dies. So fast forward, she's met, a, met and married about five guys and they all passed away. So at her funeral, the priest was over the casket saying her eulogy and said Mary was a beautiful woman. She had seven husbands and she had 14 children that God would have loved. They're beautiful kids. And now they are finally together. One of the mourners leaned over to the other mourner and said, what is he talking about? The husbands that died? The other mourner said, no, her legs. <laughs> Tony Masaccio reporting live in Orange at BJ's. What a great name. Thanks, and guess Tony. what? You can hear me every Saturday morning at 1490 WERE between 10 o'clock and 11. This Saturday, I'll actually be back at BJ's. So, hey, you guys, know who's coming on the show? Uh, Robin yes. Kubota said she's going to come on the show. Oh, my God. Will you please tell me when she's on because I want to get in and talk to her? Yes, Will you tell her that, that joke, really Tony? Cool. Will you uh, tell no. her that joke? No, no. But I can tell her a clean joke. She actually, Chris, we go way back. When I was on the Big Chuck and Little John show, sure. we became great friends. So, yes, what a great lady. I yeah, love her. Good for you. That'll be really cool. That'll be fun. So, awesome. but guys, Thanks, again, I will talk to you next week. Great. Thanks again. Have a great evening. See you guys. Hi, Tony. There goes Tony. Yeah, I walked into BJ's once with, with Heather. Yeah. And as soon as I walked in, I walked back out. She's like, what happened? I said, didn't have what I wanted here. <laughs> like. The name is very deceiving. <laughs> you're, like, food is great, in, but... you're like, I can get this at home. <laughs> the food is great. I thought I could order something a lot different. <laughs> and not asparagus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had something to do with something to peas, but not, not exactly Isn't there that. BJ's Wholesale, too? <laughs> I thought that's that was going to be cheap. That's, her, that's Heather telling you to stop talking about her. <laughs> that place looks great, though. I mean, it really does. It does. I, I've never awesome. actually had food there, though, but it looks really good. looks great. I've never had asparagus, so that is the Dude, honest guy's truth. That's amazing to me that you just... Tony's right. One of these days, we had to just have a, a, a freaking vegetable barbecue one time at your house and just make you eat different stuff. Iceberg lettuce is garbage. I, I, I really love like iceberg lettuce. lettuce. Iceberg lettuce is the best. No, it's not the best. It's the only lettuce that I'll eat. It's not the best. I ordered a sandwich the other day, and it came with this like green, leafy, dark green, leafy crap on it. it took it's me like forever. spinach, isn't it? Isn't that the, the spinach it was, leaves? It was dark and it was green, but it said yeah. it was lettuce. That's it didn't look like any lettuce I ever eat. So but what I had to do... Did you eat it, or did you just p- no, pass? I had to take it off the sandwich. The unfortunate part is then the cheese to my sandwich was stuck on a stupid lettuce. So now I'm scraping cheese off this lettuce with my knife. <laughs> Why would you just eat it? It's lettuce. Because it doesn't look right. But how different does lettuce taste? It doesn't have, from one to the other, it doesn't have that much of a difference. of It barely has a taste. I like the crisp, cool, refreshing taste of iceberg lettuce. (laughs) You like lettuce that you can buy a bowling ball of it for like a dollar and a half. Absolutely. (laughs) Dennis in uh, New Hampshire. How are you doing, Dennis? It's hilarious. Uh, you got to do three hours with Robin and take calls. So, dude, I'll be happy to keep Robin on as long as she'd like to stay on. Sure. And you guys have the ability to call in. We can make that happen. You can talk to Robin if you want to talk to Robin. Yeah. 
We can make uh, that happen. We I actually was... have to test something too. Not not today, but I might have a way to actually have an actual phone number. Oh wow! That'd be kind I've of... been messing with it, but I haven't tested it live yet. I've only tested it with my with my cell phone to Streamyard, and it's worked. But I need to have like a third person do it. But we were gonna. That would, that would be really cool. But I, I, I. She actually gave me her phone number and told me to call her and said that she'd be cool. honored to come on this show. And I think that that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be great. I think people will enjoy catching up with her. Yeah. yeah. So. That'd be great. So. Uh, but I would love to have uh, Tony go to a market and, and you know point out stuff that I've never eaten. I mean, uh, what? Does has everybody tried everything? I'm just the only one that hasn't tried. Yes. At fifty, you're that. you're fifty or almost fifty. Forty-seven. 47 dude at 47 years old i think i had tried damn near everything now i i will admit i'm an adventurous soul if you put it in front of me i will try it and i have i've tried everything from monkey to monkey brain to to you name it i've tried it you know especially when i was living over in korea a dog a cat a you know whatever the hell they would put in front of me i would eat i would try it that being said most people have tried asparagus. Asparagus is not like caviar. You know, no. it's it's not like it's a rare thing. Asparagus is pretty common. I, I, there are a lot of things I haven't tried, but we'll have to go down. Like a pomegranate. I don't even know what a pomegranate looks like. It's that little, it looks like a grenade. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll have to do a show like that. It looks like a bumpy pear. Yeah, it's I, an I, avocado. I, I think that know. might be an avocado. I, I haven't tried that either. Yeah, I don't know that I've had pomegranate either. I don't know. But you've had an avocado, right? I've had an avocado. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, guacamole. Not a fan. Love some it. guac. I do like guac, which it. is weird because I don't like avocado, but I do like guac. It's weird. You ever tried guacamole? You know, yeah, you get you get the original stuff. You know, the good kind, like they make it Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm gonna be honest. I think that, and I told my wife this all the freaking time. No. I don't know what happened over my life. I don't know whether it was family trauma or drug use or whatever it was, but something happened in my early on development. Right. I'm thinking somewhere around 17, 18, 19 years old, somewhere around there, where my brain just stopped and said, I'm not going to let you get older. <laughs> and so I kept these these thoughts of just being a child. Now my body and everything else has unfortunately gotten older. Obviously, I'm, you know, getting, I look more than 47, that's for sure. But I think my brain stopped. So when it comes to like issues and stuff that I have to deal with, my brain's like, no, 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 no. You don't, don't worry about that stuff. When it comes to foods that I don't want to try, my brain's like, no, no, stop. Because <laughs> I maintain this childlike innocence. Right. But the childlike innocence had definitely developed or stopped after puberty because I still have that in me too. Like, sure. Like, all right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> like, there's always, but so nothing has ever slowed down in my brain from when I was like, right. The age of 16 to like 20. How about this? Would you try this? The gummy hot dogs. Well, that's an interesting theory. But I they're don't think hot I'm... dogs made from whatever they make gummy bears out of. Well, do they taste like hot dogs or do they taste like gummies? I don't know. I, I don't. Dude, it's the weird. Eric that I do Chris Hagen Presents with sent me pictures from he was at some restaurant 
you know, they were out playing a gig somewhere. And he sent me these pictures of all this different stuff, gummy stuff. And it's like gummy hot dogs, gummy burritos, gummy. <laughs> There's like gummy everything now. It's made out of like candy. So it's like a candy hot dog. Yeah, I don't know if I'd eat that. I'm going to get some and try it. I'm going to, I will try it. I, I mean, they sell them at like Walmart or whatever. So I will definitely get some at some point. Maybe I'll, maybe that's what we'll do. I'll order a set for me and a set for you. And we'll try them on the oh, air. Yeah, that would be good. I'll try that. Yeah, we should do that. We, we should, should have a food segment. Well, we do. Tony. Yeah, well, that. Sorry, but I'm saying like a food bar, like we try different me things. and you try, try different things. stuff. <laughs> like the Seth tries this for the week. Right. I'll try, I'll try gummy hot dogs. You'll try asparagus. There you go. It's called reluctant <laughs> maturity. <laughs> I guess that could be it. What do they call that? Maturity by choice. <laughs> You've matured in the things you want to be matured in, and yeah, I'm, like I'm one of the few people that probably like lost a leg, and I was like, all right, but I get to replace it with a Superman leg. This is like awesome. <laughs> You're like, cool. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> the first thing I asked when I had my leg chopped off was, "What happened to the tattoos?" <laughs> I don't know if that's one of the first things that normal people ask. It is. Dude, let me tell you. I had a tattoo. I had tribal art on this arm right here. Yeah. That, that got burned off. You know, when I get when I got in the in the fire, in the explosion. And that was my first question when I first came out of the coma. As the first question I remember was, is my tattoo still there? Because <laughs> as bad as I was hurting and I was, you know, just out of a coma and everything else, I still remember how bad it hurt getting that tattoo. And I was like, is my tattoo still there? <laughs> and they were like, uh, don't worry about your tattoo, sir. <laughs> worry about living. <laughs> right. Are they edibles? I don't think those are. The I don't think these are edibles. Boy, that would be great. Oh, if you could get stoned eating hot dogs. Oh, my God. Talk about Chris Aiken kryptonite. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did a commercial for uh, edibles. Which is okay. weird to do when on like a talk radio station. Sure. Do. Um, well, actually, no, there was, there was a commercial on MMS that ran for edibles, but I was working with Trip at the time. And I, I never tried those. I, I couldn't do it. No. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to, you know, alcohol is bad enough, but I, I think edibles, I, I like to be in control more than uh, that. Dude, dude, edibles are weird. I, I mean, look, I guess I shouldn't be talking about drug use, but. Um, I was, I was at a friend's birthday party, maybe five, six years ago. And another, and one of the guys that was there is also a friend. And he, he's like, Hey man, do you want a couple of gummies? And I was like, yeah. All right. And I'd never done them. And, but I, I, I'm, I'll openly admit to my love of smoking pot. I don't do it very often, maybe three, four times a year, but I do love it. I would love to smoke pot like 345 times a year. <laughs> You know, I just don't. I a can't afford it. And B, if I start, I won't stop, which is why I don't. But um, but so anyway, my my friend offered me a couple of gummies, or yeah, and he's like, dude, just eat like half of one, whatever. And I mean, they're they're little, like a gummy bear. Right. And I was like, yeah, just give me a couple. And he gave me like three. I ate them all three at once. <sighs> dude, I was I was out there in Strongsville at um Five Guys. Yeah. I'm just in a chair and I can't get moving. I'm like, oh, I got to get up. I got to walk around. I gotta, <laughs> and I couldn't go. I was like, whoa, these things hit me a little too strong. <laughs> it took me a long time. 
right, uh, we're gonna play a quick break and then wrap okay. things up. Sounds and good. I'm gonna play played it at the beginning of the show, but I don't know if anybody missed it. I'm gonna play my favorite TikTok video. Okay. Ever. Well. All right. Cool. Not ever, but one of my favorite TikTok videos. Cool. cool. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth. Have you ever wanted a message recorded by a really, really famous person? Happy birthday to your kid. Congratulations. You finally graduated to that niece or nephew or brother or sister or a happy anniversary to your lovely wife or husband. Well, today's not your day because we're not famous. You can have myself or Chris Aiken record you a message of your choice, and it's only going to cost you 10 bucks. Not like those $250, three, four, five hundred $500 celebrities. You're going to get us recording you something hopefully entertaining and fun that you can keep forever. You can listen to it all day long if you'd like. A personalized message just for you. All you got to do is download the Cameo app or go to Cameo.com. C-A-M-E-O.com. Look up Seth Williams or Chris Aiken and we will record you a message. Who needs Brad Pitt when you have a face like this? Go to Cameo.com today. There's no place like home. And whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. 216-233-4240. Back here the Seth Williams Show with Chris Aiken. And uh, I want to play this video. Okay. I think it's the most entertaining video that I've seen in a while. And plus, she's way hot. Oh, oh my God. 
Staples actually sells staples. <laughs> I'm telling you. The, she likes uh, sporting goods, apparently. She does. I like sporting goods. <laughs> the stealing of your information is totally worth it. Go to TikTok and download it today. I should do sure. commercials for TikTok. Yeah, really. <laughs> we should be we should be TikTok influencers just for selling TikTok. No, yeah. no specific channels. <laughs> I'm going to answer Natalie's question real quick. Right. Um, yes, Natalie, those um, they are real, real gummy hot dogs. Here's the ad for them on Five Below where you can buy them. So you could actually go out right now and order them, and they'll be delivered to your ship to home. You can get them shipped to your house. So. <laughs> So yes, there are there is a such thing as gummy hot dogs. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be trying some. I'm gonna try, yeah. I gotta try I gotta try new things, I guess. But. Uh, I haven't tried these yet, but I'll I'll give it a go, see what it tastes like. I hope it does it, man, if it tastes like an actual hot dog, that'll be kinda gross. Yeah, I don't know if I want to eat that. I'll try it. What? What are you, communist? It depends on where I'm at. Like if I'm at a ballpark, I'll eat a hot dog all day long. Yeah. But if I, I like at home, I look at it as it's like poor people food. Because when I make hot dogs here, I don't buy like good hot dogs. I buy <laughs> thirty for four dollars. Yeah, it's like those <laughs> Smithfield dollar yeah. fifty pack of twelve hot dogs and made you know, with mixed meat. Yeah, you don't know what the meat <laughs> actually is. <laughs> Anytime it comes with a banner on it that says all of the all of the beaks removed, you're like, eh, I better not eat that. <laughs> and then I, I, because I still haven't gotten a tank for my grill, I when I make hot dogs, I just I boil them. Boil them up, yeah. And so then they they just taste soggy and crappy. Microwave, good enough. Yeah. Microwave for a minute, little piece of Swiss cheese on it. Now you're talking. Swiss cheese, that sounds pretty good. I put American on it usually, but Swiss is a Swiss, Swiss is my cheese. new favorite cheese. Yeah, so. put a little Swiss cheese on it, just a little, not even like a whole piece. You'd like break a piece in half just so that you get a little bit of that flavor in there. Now we're talking. I want to thank uh, Jesse from uh, Ten Years coming on today. There you go. Made your rock dreams come true, dude. Gave you one what that you many, really liked. <laughs> what if many? Uh, what if many rock dreams still to come? So. That's right. Well, we got more coming. So. Um. Monday. Who do we have on Monday? The tenth. Yeah, that's Monday. A guy from the Babies. That's right, John Bazaha from the Babies and Firefall. Yeah, he's going to be coming on to talk about. I think he's talking more Firefall because Firefall has a new album coming out. Oh, that'd be cool. If you believe that, Firefall has it. When was it? What was there? They were like nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, and what's funny is as soon as you said we're going to have him on, I yeah. went out with Heather and the song was on the radio, which is kind of weird because uh, Magic was having like an all seventies weekend. That nice, that's and cool. So, so yeah, that'll be cool, right? Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, uh, on Monday. Yep. So and... we're going old school. We're gonna for for the old heads that are listening. We're going old school for you with some old music. Well, I think that'll be fun. So yeah, we'll, it'll be great. Monday, along with many other things. Yep. So yep. Have a great rest of your week. Yes. Weekend. Hopefully, I get my daughter back tomorrow. She's supposed to be flying <laughs> back from uh, South Carolina, but it's supposed to rain again. See, all the worrying you did about New York City, and that that clearly didn't turn out to be the problem. So get this one. All right. If, uh, now, if it's raining tomorrow and they have any kind of alert out, she won't be able to fly by herself. So the plan is is that my dad will have to buy a ticket to fly with her on the plane all the way back to Cleveland. And then buy they won't comp ticket. that? No, and then buy another ticket to fly all the way back to 
South Carolina then, same night. Because they only go Thursday and Sundays uh, from mm. Savannah Airport to here. And if he can't do that, if there's no room on the plane, or he can't get back on another plane, he's going to be driving her from South Carolina. Oh, my God. All the way up here. Your dad's, your dad's how old? 74. Jesus, and he's driving across the country. No thanks. I don't even like to drive from here to Bay Village. Tell about Monday. <laughs> it's not the propane thing. It's only, <laughs> and I got this damn grill because I've always wanted a grill. Like, I haven't had a grill in you know, 20 years. I had one in my first place that I ever got on my own, and it was great. Love sitting there, cooking some stuff up, having a sure. beer. It was great. So that one broke. I've always wanted another one ever since then. Couldn't get one because of the places I lived at. Right. And so I finally bought one. I was like, all right, sweet. I got a grill, patio, nice everything. It's great. Got a slab of concrete outside the patio where I can cook, and it's going to be fantastic. Then I never got a tank. So now I've missed Memorial Day, which is a grilling holiday. Never yeah. got it done. Fourth of July, grilling holiday, nothing. So I'm looking at a Labor Day, Christmas as my uh, <laughs> target grilling date. Nice. So we'll see if it happens. Too funny. But thanks everybody listening tonight, and uh, God willing, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Have see ya. Boy. See ya.